vision kind of just hung over my head uh, like a cloud. And whenever I felt myself deviating from, you know, my purpose and my calling and whatnot, whatever you want to call it, that vision was just hanging over my head. We're lucky enough to be joined by the one and only NBA All-Star, Olympic gold medalist, and most importantly, all-around fabulous, huge-hearted human, Michael Rudd. I am really excited about this podcast and our discussion because Michael and I have very aligned values in terms of taking care of people first and understanding that the money will come thereafter in terms of investments, entrepreneurship, venture capital, private equity, and the like. So I'm excited for you to hear a little bit about what he has to say, his story, his tale, and how we think about making lives better for founders and investors alike. to this week's episode of Be Boulder. This week, I could not be more humbled, honored, and excited to be joined by one of my dear friends and colleagues, Mr. Michael Red. Michael, thank you for joining the show today. Lindsay, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be on. Oh, the, the, the pleasure is all mine here. The pleasure is <laughs> all mine. So, uh, not too long ago, I was on uh, Michael's podcast, the Betting on Yourself podcast. So, um, super awesome. If you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. Something that you do. He's got some real hitters that show up on, on his podcast. And so I was uh, very excited to be part of that. But Michael, for those who don't know you, maybe like I do, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story of growing it up in Columbus and then going to Ohio State and some of the incredible things that happened after that? Wow. Um, that's, that's a great question. And again, it's, it's an honor to be on here with you, Lindsay. We, we go back almost a decade and, um, I just, I've been a big admirer of yours. Um, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, growing up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, it's, it's, this is home, uh, Columbus, Ohio's home. I, I, I'm born and raised here in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, when it came to, uh, to what I wanted to do in life, I think I had a, just a locked in focus on, on being not only a student, but also an athlete. And I was kind of good at a lot of sports, mm -hmm. but one of, the, one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that I could shoot a hoop, uh, a ball pretty good um, into a hoop. Okay. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I, actually basketball wasn't even my first love, it was tennis. No way! <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. I love tennis growing up. I'm a huge tennis fan. I've met all the great tennis players out there. And um it's 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 it was it was my first love. And so but then as I got taller, basketball became the dominant sport for me. And uh went to West High School, um, on the hilltop of Columbus. And from there I went to the Ohio State University. So I'm I'm just, you know, a guy that just loves being in Columbus. Um and and obviously Columbus is a great city to raise a family and, and for a number of other reasons, but 
um, proud to call myself a Buckeye. So that was that was the focus for me from middle school to high school to you know play in the NBA, go to Ohio State, um, obviously graduate, but also to play in the NBA one day. And that was the focus um, as a child. Now, getting to that point was 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 challenging um, because of the, grew, the neighborhood I grew up in. Although it was a, it was a great neighborhood in, in many ways with a family oriented type of theme and vibe, uh, there were challenges within the neighborhood, violence and mm-hmm. and drugs and things of that nature. So to be standing here today, coming from that environment, um, when I should be in de- dead or in jail as a statistic. Uh, I'm very honored to and humbled to be around this, these days. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, and you were so successful as a, as an NBA player. Uh, how long were you in the NBA for? Twelve years. Please. Twelve years. Yeah, twelve years, and and had an incredible run. Um, you know, I've always said that uh, basketball was what I did; it wasn't who I was. Sure. And I think that's so important. Uh, to have your identity solidified um, because quickly being in that world, it can become who you are. Um, mm-hmm. But as much as I love the game and enjoyed being able to experience my dream, I never let that I, I, identify me. And so it, it, it's, it allowed me now to venture out to different things in life, but I certainly enjoyed playing. And uh, again, when I look back at it, it's, it's I lived a dream. I'm still living a dream, but to be able to, at eight years old, proclaim that I'm going to play in the NBA and then actually do it, um, it's pretty remarkable. So I have so many people to think along that journey, but to night in and night out, living my dream was just, it was awesome. It was amazing. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I love that you were eight years old and eight-year-old little Michael was manifesting his future dreams, right? You know, you're shouting out, I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm going to be an NBA star. And then it comes true. But, you know, as you and I both know, that that comes with a lot of sacrifice and, and a lot of hard work. So what kind of like and how did that set you up for successes today? You know, making the sacrifices in, you know, middle school, high school, college, when all your friends are out living their quote unquote best life and you're in the gym practicing and in the weight room and, you know, watching plays and whatever else. Like, what was that like? Yeah. You sound like you were an athlete, Lindsay, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we talked about that on my podcast about oh, how yeah. athletic you are. Uh, and still is, still still am. You know, it's interesting when you ask that question because I have to go back in the sense where my parents allowed me to dream. I was in a household where um, they they really allowed me and my sister to, to think as big as we wanted to think. So I have to give them so much credit for that. Um, they didn't roll their eyes when I said I wanted to play in the NBA. <laughs> they didn't oh. snicker when I said that. And so um, they, they encouraged it. They invested into that even more for me and so, which gave me all the confidence in the world. The most important thing that we can do for our kids, Lindsay, is to instill confidence. And that was something that I experienced growing up in the household that I grew up in. Um, my parents were incredible supporters. Um, they were inspiration as well. And so that gave me all the confidence that I needed to, to pursue my dream. Now, along the way, I was able to sustain the commitment to what I wanted to see happen for my life through vision 
And you may, you asked a great question about, you know, not being distracted and unfocused. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, um, I was committed to being the best basketball player in the world. Um, and that took a lot of hard work and a lot of hours and a lot of sacrifices along the way. And vision kind of just hung over my head uh, like a cloud. Mm-hmm. And whenever I felt myself deviating from, you know, my purpose and my calling and whatnot, whatever you want to call it, that vision was just hanging over my head, you know? So being out engaging in things I shouldn't be engaging in did not align with the vision I had for my life. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just always, always seeing the projection of where I wanted to be and seeing that dream and having it before me was what kept me on, on the path of commitment. Yeah. And then, not only were you an NBA all-star, but it kept you on a path to, you know, winning a gold medal with a, with a pretty stellar team. <laughs> so uh, I would say that you were pretty successful in maintaining the vision and, and staying the path. So that's always kind of interesting, right? Because then, you know, we achieve these goals in our lives and we, you know, do these amazing things and amazing feats. And then, you know, there comes a time of transition in our lives. And so for you, the transition was, okay, you're going to, retire from basketball, you're gonna, you know, be home more with, you know, here in Columbus and more time with the family. But then, you know, what was the transition like for you? Interesting. Um, although basketball was not my identity, it it really did because I had done it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so um, to transition out of something I've known my whole life into a world of uncertainty can be very daunting, scary. Um, obviously, Life was set from a financial standpoint, things of that nature. And I, I looked forward to spending time with my wife and kids and traveling around the world. And, 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 and we had a nonprofit. We have a nonprofit um, and all of that. But there was still something burning inside me to do something beyond that even. Um, but transition is part of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like transition is not necessarily the issue in life. I think adjusting to transition is the issue mm. adjusting to change is the issue and so i would be lying to say that i didn't have moments of like i'm kind of sad because I, I i love doing what i was doing and you know now it's over yeah you know what what next or what's the next mountain to climb um so yeah it was a really unique time and my, my family and friends were really critical in that time period because uh you know although i wasn't totally identified you know with basketball personally it still was a huge part of my life so yeah it's it's it was there was it was a it was a paradoxical feeling right like of like okay one chapter has ended and and i'm lamenting over that but mm-hmm. also there's excitement because there's something new coming sure right and so um, that's, that's the emotions I felt at that time. No, that's, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. Right. And we all come to these places where we've achieved the goals. We've done the thing we have to, you know, figure out then also, what is the next thing that we're going to spend our time and our efforts and our energy on? And so, you know, you have your nonprofit and I believe your wife does too, right? Your lovely yeah. wife. Yeah. She has her yes. own and she's killing the game. Uh, yes. But, you know, the way yes. 
one of the things you actually started to look to, which was brilliant because not all athletes do this, right? Is you said, okay, how am I going to transition myself into now the business world? You know, you were in the business of basketball and then you were moving to the business of, you know, finance and investing and growth and all of those things. And so that's actually how Michael and I got connected way back in the yes. day. Um, so he, uh, for a period of time was, uh, one of our venture partners at a venture fund that I was involved in. And then, um, so yeah, talk to me a little bit about like, what was that transition like, like getting into investing and, and after, uh, NCT, I, I think people would be really curious to kind of hear about that. Yeah. First of all, in high school, I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. <laughs> um, I had no clue what it was. Uh, that was that was, but didn't know that that my career was kind of entrepreneurial, in a sense, where I left school early to take a bet on myself. Um, when people around me didn't really think I would be successful or achieve the things that I was able to achieve, and that's part of, you know, the entrepreneurship world, right? Mm -hmm. Taking a risk on yourself. Um, bootstrapping and things of that nature. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I think I always saw myself beyond being an athlete, and I was always drawn to the business world. Yeah, and and so for me, the core value of my life is always how can I help people. And through basketball, it was able to entertain people, be a role model to young people all around the world. Um, uh, so that was one aspect, and then. Once that was over, it was like, okay, how can we continue to help people, platform people, give people access, serve mankind? Um, and I found venture to be another lane to do that, another avenue to do that, to be oh, yeah. an investor is another lane to do that. So, and then I discovered that there wasn't that many minorities in those spaces. And yeah. so, Crazy me, yeah. one who's always looked at challenges and looked at daunting things and says, I can run right through you and run over you because mm -hmm. um, I'm wired like that. I, 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 I don't know what failure is in life, you know, and mm -hmm. I say that humbly, like in the sense that we have a, we have to have a, a different perspective on failure. But, you know, it was like, wow, this is an opportunity to, to, to make real change, um, to trailblaze, to... Um, actually help entrepreneurs and, and be involved in startups and seeing people's dreams come true, you know? So that all was totally intriguing to me. And I love technology and I love what's happening in certain spaces of tech and, and that became intriguing to me. And, and that's where I met you at NCT. Um, and, and so you were, you were really, this is a little secret that I said on the podcast with me and you earlier, our, my podcast was that you were, instrumental in helping launch me into this whole venture world. Um, and so, no, I mean, we, our little walks to Starbucks and, and us talking and, and me being a complete, complete novice, and I still am a novice in a lot of ways um, when it comes to this world. But yeah, I mean, you spending the time with me, you know, every day and, and, and helping me and understanding acronyms and understanding definitions. And, and so you were instrumental completely from the very beginning. Um, and so, yeah, from there, um, wind up uh, going to California and being connected out in Silicon Beach area and learning more about venture and 
uh, became a, a part of a fund called Third Wave Digital. And that was a great experience. Learned a lot, had experience as well. Yeah. Uh, learned what not to do along the way, sure. which is so healthy yeah. um, in your development and growth. You know, it's amazing. We, we often demonize making mistakes as, or quantify it to going backwards in life. You make mistakes, and therefore you go backwards, backwards in life. And it's like, no, on the way to maturity, you make mistakes as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. As you grow, you make mistakes and there's gotta be space made for that. And so, so yeah, made mistakes, um, uh, but I wouldn't totally quantify them as mistakes, experiences, had some experiences. Sure. And, uh, and then that led me to, um, being a uh, mentor in Snapchat's incubator, their yellow program in California, which has been an awesome experience, fire chatting with leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs. And that's been a ball working with Snap and partnering with them. And, and then from there, um, got connected into uh, Israel's tech ecosystem. Uh, took a couple trips over to Israel over the last couple of years that have really changed my life internally. Uh, for spiritual reasons, and then also the door was open to be involved in their whole tech scene. And that has been an incredible experience that led me to being a venture partner with Advantage, which is a sports tech fund, um, spearheaded by the Adidas family and the Our Crowd VC fund out of Jerusalem. So, and then from that experience, other things have happened, but I've had an incredible journey. Uh, over the last eight, nine years. And so, and even recently launching 22 Ventures, which is my own investment fund. It's an acquisition entrepreneurship play. And we'll get into that later on or what have you, but it's it's been fun. It's been fun. I've learned so much along the way and I've had incredible people help me along the way. And I can see that you one of those for sure. Mm. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but I think you back of a job uh, finding just really talented people and taking the opportunity to learn from them, seeing what they do on the coasts and seeing what they do overseas. And, you know, to some degree, right, it's a it's a totally different world than we might experience every day in the Midwest. Not that there's anything wrong with the Midwest. It's just, you know, we think about things differently, not to say one's better or worse. It's just different. Um but the game over in, in Israel with some of those technologies is like a whole new world. It's really wild. So, um, yeah, very, very cool. So what have you, what have you seen that you've really liked in venture and what have you seen also that you don't really like in venture? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what I've liked about venture, I've, I've loved the fact that I've had played a part in seeing personal development with leaders. I love that. I think the healthier a person is, the healthier the product is, the healthier Amen. the company is. So the leadership and the executive team and the team involved in building something special has to be healthy. And I, I've, I've enjoyed that aspect of it more than anything, seeing people's lives touched, changed, become healthier people from it. Mm -hmm. um, the cons, um, you hate to see a company fail. You hate mm -hmm. to see a company go under, that you put so much time and sweat 
um, and hours into seeing a company grow and, and it doesn't do well. Now, obviously, venture, most of the companies in the portfolio, as you know, don't make it. Yeah. Um, and so um, that was a, a, a harsh reality for me initially when I learned that I was like, wow, um, some of these companies will fail. Um, but it's, it's, been, it's been an incredible experience with that aspect because I got, became real close with a few companies that didn't do well. And uh, so you, you're never happy to, to ever see that. Um, you, you hate being blamed for why you failed. Um, <laughs> uh, but, that's, but that's never happened to you, though. Uh, no, ever. no. So, As the attorney, no one uh, ever points at the attorney and says, uh, why right, <laughs> right, right, right. And there's a level of emotional intelligence that you have to operate in as well. Um, but I, I've enjoyed um, certainly working with people. I love people and I love uh, to help figure out nuances of how we can help see their companies grow. So those are, and then raising money is just arduous, right? Raising capital is, as, as me and you've talked about for years, probably one of the yeah, least important things within venture. Um, certainly you can't go anywhere without it, but right. meetings upon meetings upon meetings, upon meetings upon meetings, and, and which is par for the course. Um, you know, wanting a quick no, yeah. then a long maybe has been annoying in the process, if I can be transparent. Um, and, uh, but those are some of the things that I've learned, um, you know, with working in venture. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I've always just enjoyed and appreciated about you is your, you know, big heart and your willingness and, you know, desire to see people be successful and, you know, be happy and, and be healthy. But I think you and I have talked about quite a few times, uh, venture doesn't always lend itself to, to allowing people to take care of themselves, right? I mean, you and I, we've both had our, um, our wellness mm -hmm related issues right over the past couple of years and so that's become yeah. something that's super important to each of us for our own reasons but I think one of the things that we talked about recently was like shoot like there's just something wrong with this you know postal culture of telling people they've got to grind so hard and they can't see families and they can't take care of themselves so you know what are you thinking of that vein in terms of, you know wellness and how you would love to see VC maybe approach that differently that's a phenomenal phenomenal point as you just made um yeah uh wellness is is everything i i've, I've often felt like we got to debunk the theory of grind mm -hmm. and 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 work ethic is so important it's gotten me where i've where i am today is it's gotten you where you are today there is a level of work ethic that is so needed but not at the extent of you dying yeah. <laughs> yeah. not mentally physically, spiritually combined, right? There, right. There's, there's gotta be able to, to be an algorithm that helps us be able to work and, and but work efficiently um, and, and be also not only work hard, but play hard mm -hmm. uh, and to take care of yourself and to set up boundaries. And so the theory of grind is not even healthy, right? And you and you wind up having some level of achievement, but you can't even celebrate it because you're so fatigued out and burnt out. 
and you hit a milestone and you, you can't even celebrate the way you should be celebrating because you're so tired. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And so, you know, I found that comparison is a major issue within the startup world. It's a major issue in every sphere of life, actually, with social and, what, and whatnot. But comparison is a is uh, you know, it. I'll say it like this: There's great danger in un in an unmanaged insecurity, mm. right? So the genesis of insecurity uh, or the genesis of comparison is insecurity, and so you know, companies are constantly looking to you know compare themselves to what this company is doing. And so we've got to work harder. We've got to work harder. We've got to do this and we've got to, and, and it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't, you know, be true to who you are, be authentic to who you are and do it from a place of rest, uh, not exhaustion, you yeah. know? So you've got to take care of yourself. And, and me and you've talked about this at nauseum for years yeah. that um, it's not just about an ROI, although an ROI is so critical, it's very important, Right. But it's also like seeing the company be healthy. Yeah. And mental health is a massive issue within corporations and companies and startups. And, and it's so important. My wife, like you said, is a is a huge advocate, activist for mental health. I am as well with her. And and I agree with you, Lindsay. I think the narrative of venture has to change. And in fact, it just sparks the question that, hmm. Maybe me and you need to just do something in the future. I don't know. I just, I just, I just throw that out there. Hey, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we will. Uh, you maybe. never know. I mean, we've uh, we've always kicked it around and talked about it. So I guess uh, you know, maybe time will tell. But I know that you know both you and I are certainly hyper passionate about you know taking care of people, doing the right thing. You know, look, we both like making money. Let's be real. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I, you know, you and I have always talked about this, right? Like we can make money and we can still do the right thing. And those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. And I don't care what they don't have to be. And I think if we can start to change that dialogue where, you know, people stop assuming that if you're doing the right thing, you're doing some sort of like social, you know, impact project that doesn't have a return. Um, I just think that's the wrong way to think about it and phrase it. So um, yeah, I, I think we should we should take that offline and, and we should follow up on it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we should. I couldn't think of anybody better. I mean, your experience in, in, in being a trailblazer has been an inspiration to I know to a lot of people and especially in the city of Columbus and obviously New York and all the places that you you've been. But yeah, I think I think um, I think there's something in the pipeline hey, um, there you go. because I, I yeah, I do. I just I just love what you said. I think that narrative needs to change within the venture world. So, yeah, I, I think another thing too I've learned is that it's, there's been, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you have more experience in this world. Um, there's been more of a celebration on arrays of funds more so than making money mm -hmm. within startup, startup world. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm just dialoguing yeah, with you, but yeah, I mean, you I know, think we've sort of, I'm yeah, sure. we've gotten to this place where we've like turned you know, raising capital and then turning around and raising more capital and raising more capital into the measurement stick of how we judge VC-backed startups as opposed to, you know, what do the underlying business metrics look like? You know, how is the team developing? You know, are these people, 
you know, yeah. okay, are we on our third CEO in 18 months? Cause we keep hearing people out, you know? Um, and then, you know, is it, is it gaining users? Is it gaining, you know, revenue, top line revenue? Is that revenue exceeding expenses <laughs> at some point? Maybe it's not today, but at some point in the future, uh, you know, it, I think we've gotten away from it. <laughs> no, I want you to expound it. That's really good because I, what I've learned in venture is that a lot of companies are, are startup companies are looking to raise funds before ever figuring out how to make their business profitable. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, one and of I, the cons. Go ahead, right. I'm and sorry, yeah. For me, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. I think just one of the things, like when I think about that, I'm like, how can you go and, and ask people for money when you don't even know if, you know, you your business has any likelihood of success, right? And as an investor, I'm like, man, I. I don't know how I can invest in a business <laughs> if I can't at least sort of justify to myself that some way, someday, somehow this thing makes money. I think we've just skewed it yes. to turn it into a place of sexifying the raise and we need to turn it into a place of sexifying the business and taking care of people. <laughs> you're, you're 100, I mean, from my experience, I, I feel like scaling too early and investing too heavily in resources is one of the primary reasons that startups fail. Oh yeah, percent. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. So, so and, and I'll yeah. I'll say this too. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's it's a lonely world to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It it's it's very lonely. It's very daunting. Like entrepreneurship uh, is very sexy, right? It's a very sexy word, yeah. but the pathway to success or achievement is very daunting at best. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you're you're. you're you can talk about more about that, but does that make sense? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, that you're you're on this lonely road. Oftentimes, you don't have anyone in your network that has gone through what you've gone through. You're, you've got all the pressure in the world on you from investors and the market and your teammates and the media and, you know, you name yeah. it, right? And it's, uh, it's a really... It's a really tough place to be. And so, you know, I always joke like entrepreneurs are just a special breed, right? Because you got to be a little bit off center to be like, you know what I want to do? Do that. <laughs> Go yeah. through all things, you know, but that's what makes them successful. You know, they're yes. different and unique, but that doesn't mean they don't need to take care of themselves, too. They need to do that. <laughs> You're so on the money. Um, you know, there, there's been examples and, and you got stories like this as well. Um, you know, there was a couple that I was came to me and they were needing help and advice and mentorship and advice, all that, but they were burnt out. They oh, were burnt out on each other. And I said, you know what you guys need? What, more funding? More what, what? I said, no, you need a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and I personally was able to fund this vacation for this couple and they came back so refreshed Aww. and their lives along with what they were doing just took off, you know? one successful story you know so i totally agree with you i think oh yeah i yeah. mean there's there's a strong connection between people putting themselves first and taking care of themselves in their careers or their businesses or whatever you know shooting to the moon and, and succeeding so i think you're 100 percent right i mean i think there's there's plenty of uh there's plenty of evidence here it's just one of those things that's never really been sort of brought to fruition. So, you know, Michael, maybe and you, you and I need to revisit it and we'll, we'll talk about it and, and see what we can do to make <laughs> <it> there. <laughs> so, oh, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I did, I didn't. I will say this, and I, and I agree with you. That's a thought that me and you really think on. Um, I, I, I'd say this to be funny, but like, like the venture world, uh, slash private private equity world. I didn't really realize how hard it was. Oh yeah. And it's just as hard as me guarding Kobe Bryant. <laughs> in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, uh, God rest his soul, and he was my dear, dear friend and brother. Um, it, it's it was it's a challenge, right? And so for me, part of the transition too was like, right, I'm senior in one space, senior level in one space, and now I'm transitioning now out of that senior position to humbly now being in a junior, lower than a junior position in another space. Well, maybe 10 and years that, later, I think you definitely <laughs> earned your over the last decade. I'll say that for you. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and thank you for saying that. And I, I was talking about the initial transition. Oh, sure, uh, out sure. Of basketball. Yeah, like that That psychological um, piece is, 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 is very valid, right? Leaving mm -hmm. one space where you were top dog and now leave, mm -hmm. going to another space of uncertainty where you're, you know, lower than a junior level right and so i had to really really apply um my basketball skills that i developed over the years to the business world as far as studying game film and studying the nuances of investing and understanding pnls <laughs> and studying other <laughs> things <laughs> uh, along the way you know that kind of kind of would help me um you know in the next next journey and so there are a lot of parallels to team sports and and, and the startup world and, and entrepreneurship and, and venture. So, you know, and I still use those to this day, you know, and uh, it's been, it's, it's, it's worked for me. I will say so. I will say so. I, I it's been really wonderful to watch your um, business and investment career and now your, your podcast and your involvement on boards and all of that great stuff. It's been really great to, to watch all of that unfold for you. So, with that, you know, what's what's the next exciting thing that you're thinking about every single day? What gets you jazzed to get out of bed, you know, and work on think, and things that you think you want to, you know, see happen in the world? Yeah, I think number one is how can I be a better husband and better father? Um, and 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 that, that means everything to me. Um, and I mean that sincerely. I think the next thing outside of that, how can I help people? Um, whether it's connections, whether it's platforming, whether it's hiring more people, whether it's positioning people for board seats, for executive levels, I just want to help people. And, and that's the core uh, value that I live by. That's the engine to my car every day is how can I continue to connect the dots to help people? And so, yeah, I just, I just became a board member for Redbox. Oh, no. uh, which is uh, an incredible privilege and opportunity um, that was given to me by obviously the board and also the CEO Galen Smith. So we, we, you know, that was that was left field and that came out of nowhere. But I'm privileged now to be a part of that that team, um, doing some work obviously from board position standpoint with the Salvation Army, which I'm really proud about as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, became a national board member this summer. Um, excited about the things that they're doing and letting more people know about what they're doing. Incredible organization. So, 
yeah, he's looking for opportunities. Uh, but I'm really thinking about prioritizing time with you on something. Uh, so I know we laugh about it, but I'm kind of serious. So, so, but but we can talk about that off the podcast. But like, yeah. I, I just, I just, I think your thesis of life is applicable um, to the venture world. And I align with that, you know, in a lot of ways. So in most ways, in all ways. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll say this on the podcast. I think you're one of the true rock stars uh, in the Midwest, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. Well, you know, true. really beautiful here. So I, uh, I appreciate that. So thank you. So, yes, let's uh, let's figure out a way to to make some some pretty amazing magic happen and improve the lives of entrepreneurs and investors alike. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I love it. I love it. Let's, let's plan on that. So, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask my guests as we wrap up is, you know, if you could tell people anything, you know, um, about, you know, improving their lives or whatever type of advice you have for them. What is that advice that you give people each and every day? If you want your dreams sponsored, love people. Mm, I like that. If, you, I like if that. you want your dream to be sponsored, if you want your dream to be sponsored, love people. The, the currency of life is people. And so um, connect love people, have pure intentions towards people, and that will take you as far as you want to go and even further. Um, Bill Gates has an incredible quote. He says, if you want to become wealthy, help people. Yeah. And I think that is so true in so many ways. A kind word, uh, a prayer, uh, advice, um, funding, whatever it may be. Being an ear for people is just as important as anything. And so uh, my 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 theme for mankind and people that I encounter is if you want your dream to be sponsored, love people. I love it. And that is a beautiful way to, uh, to wrap this up today. And, you know, all of our discussion about taking better care of the humans that are underlying these investments, because at the end of the day, you're right. It's about people. It's about connections. It's about taking care of each other. It's about love and humanity, all that good stuff that people tend to not value the way that they should. So, Michael, it was a pleasure. I am so honored to uh, have you know gotten the chance to have you on this podcast and catch up with you a little bit. And let's definitely catch up offline. <laughs> Absolutely, one of my favorite people. Thank Same. you for having me. Same, dear. All right. Well, thank you so much. My friends was the one and only Mr. Michael Red. So that wraps up our four week stint as we touched down in venture capital. And next week we return to a very be bolder esque type of topic of resiliency, adaptability, grit, and what it's like when the world has knocked you down and you just keep getting back up. So I'm looking forward to talking about what that's been like in my career and talking with, with folks who've done that over and over and over again and continue to deliver time and time again their experiences and falling down seven times and getting up eight 
when the world pushes their face into the mud, they wipe it off and they keep on going. And what it's been like to have people try to push me down. And no matter how many times they push me down, I just keep getting up and I keep bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. So looking forward to that. So <laughs> until then, don't forget, don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Insta at BeBolderCast or visit our blog at TheBolderLife.com. If you have questions or suggestions for me, leave me a message at 614-706-6693.